A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought the child Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. When Mary and Joseph had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Shortly after September 11, 2001, Queen Elizabeth II, offering her condolences to the people of the United States, wrote, My thoughts and prayers are with you all now, and in the difficult days ahead. But nothing that can be said can begin to take away the anguish and the pain of these moments. But then she added a much-needed quite maternal insight. Grief is the price we pay for love. If we have lived long at all, we know that no one can love us like family, and no one can hurt us like family. And this is true of the Holy Family as it is of our own. Indeed, pondering the Holy Family reveals the depth of Queen Elizabeth's words. Grief is the price we pay for love. When Joseph and Mary bring their newborn to the temple, Simeon warns the mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Mary chooses to cling to Christ in love, and doing so in a fallen world, she suffers the consequences. Grief is the price we pay for love. C.S. Lewis, in a famous essay on love, says that if you want to protect your heart from pain, you must give it to no one. You must enter into no serious relationships. If you can isolate yourself from all relationships, your heart will not feel pain. In time, however, it will become incapable of feeling anything. If we choose to withdraw ourselves from relationships, we also choose to isolate ourselves from love and from life. What C.S. Lewis makes clear is that the movement by which we open ourselves to love is the same movement by which we open ourselves to pain. You can't have one without the other. Both thrive in family.
Simeon sees beyond the beautiful baby to his shadow side, to the opposition that Jesus will experience, a division that will cut like a sword through the heart of Mary. Luke often uses sight in his gospel as a metaphor for perceiving the word of God, for getting it when it comes to faith. Fred Craddock says this beautifully. Jesus will bring truth to light, and in so doing throw all who come in contact with him into a crisis of decision. In that decision, rising and falling, life and death result. Anyone who turns on light creates shadows. Jesus precipitates the centrally important movement of one's life toward or away from God. Luke points out the subtle distinction between the way the world sees things and the way of the gospel. Notice the order. In the world, it's rise and fall, the rise and fall of the Third Reich, the rise and fall of the business tycoon, the rise and fall of a movie star. But with Jesus, it's fall and rise. We fall, and from that lowest point, we rise. Suffering drags you deeper into yourself. The theologian Paul Tillich wrote that people who endure suffering are taken beneath the routine business of life and find they are not who they believe themselves to be. The pain involved in, say, the grief of having lost a loved one smashes through a floor they thought was the bottom floor of their soul, revealing a cavity below and then it smashes through that floor, revealing another cavity, and so on, and so on. The person in pain descends to unknown ground. Suffering opens up ancient places of pain that had been hidden. It spurs some people to painfully and carefully examine the basement of their own soul. The right response to this sort of pain is holiness, or better, wholeness. The Gospel of New Year's Day gives us an insight. Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. First, Mary treasured all these things. What Mary is treasuring is the events of Jesus' birth. If the line said, Mary treasured some of these things, it would make sense but that she treasured all these things, not just the good things, but the painful things as well. The Greek word, which we translate treasure, really means to hold on to or accept. Mary accepted all the events of Jesus' birth, even the painful ones. She accepted them because she had no other viable option. She can either claim them as her own or have them claim her. She could either accept her pain or allow that pain to turn her life into a continuing tragedy of anger, depression, or denial. She owned them and accepted these things because they were her story. Then Mary pondered these things in her heart. Again, the Greek is helpful. 
The word pondered or reflected means literally to put or throw together. Mary first accepted her heartbreak and then threw it together with the rest of her life. Once we face the pain in our lives, we can mix it together with the rest of our lives. The pain that we experience is not the whole of our life experience. We begin to see that our lives are larger than our losses. Recovering from suffering is not like recovering from a disease. Many people don't come out cured. They come out different.